0: to another episode of the somewhat sports podcast coming at you a day late sorry about that uh, my name is john dennis uh, you can catch me on 97.5 WPCV. joining me as always our co-hosts our lovely co-hosts are Love. amazing yeah that's right beautiful <laughs> keep going keep going yeah yeah right. <laughs> i was just trying to talk you guys up man you guys are you guys are my boys anyways so uh john williams here of course what's up where can we find you on uh, on instagram man jl williams five and Alberto Camargo, yes, sir. With you are day late. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what about
0: you, man? Where are we gonna? Where can we find you on the social media? A L B
1: A R E T O E on Twitter and on Instagram the same, which is an underscore at the end. Man, it, might, it might not
0: change. Maybe this is my thing. Maybe I should I no, should keep this. I hate it. I hate. everything about <laughs> it. Anyways, you can catch uh, me at John Dennis Radio, J O N Dennis Radio on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and you can catch the show at Somewhat Sports on Instagram and twitter so let 's just jump right into the uh, the sports right might as well absolutely pretty busy uh, pre- pretty busy week uh, and i 'm kind of a little bit glad that we decided to hold off a day uh, just because the news of Ron Rivera being fired by the uh, Carolina Panthers Ouch. reverberated through uh, through social media and the news uh, cycle not super duper surprising, given the fact that they 've kind of underperformed this year and underachieved this year, and when you lose to Washington like what are they going to do I mean Mm -hmm. like Unless you're the Dolphins, like I, it's, it's there's no excuse at that point. You ladies, know? ladies and gentlemen, it took on precisely a minute and a half to mention the Dolphins. It did. Was, <laughs> it, I it, might it,
1: not it, even it, have been that long.
0: I'm not uh, long uh, I don't actually, I believe it was almost exactly a minute and a half in terms of like actual like audio. Con. Once once the uh, <laughs> once I add in the intro at the in the post production uh, here, it'll be about like two minutes. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> a minute and a half is pretty much exactly
1: where we're at. I was gonna say, you know, you, you say it's not quite surprising. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was surprising, but I wouldn't say it was shocking. But when I saw it across my Twitter feed, I saw Adam Schefter tweet. Yeah, <laughs> very. It was very cryptic not a cryptic tweet but a very kind of like unintentionally funny tweet it was just four words panthers fired ron rivera nothing else that was, that was the
0: tweet yeah. and like i definitely when i saw it i kind of jerked my head back in surprise but, yeah because you thought that like at least if they were going to move on they would move on at the end of the season, yeah, like, wait what, the what, season. Do you, what do you get from doing this right now right yeah uh, there's not really much to gain no so and i i don't think that um from what I understand, I think they have a—I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but I believe their their DBs coach is now going to be their their interim head coach. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of him he either. So it was like Perry something, yeah, <laughs> something like that. So I mean, who knows? He might be the, someone that they want to look into, see if he's a potential head coaching yeah. candidate, and maybe get him a couple games under his belt. But um, mm-hmm. there are going to be quite a few uh, vacancies uh, <laughs> in the uh, in the NFL this coming off season. So with that being said. Do you see where do you see Ron Rivera going in in the offseason? Depending on obviously because there there's some rumors you know that some coaches might be on the on the hot seat a little bit. I know a lot of people feel that the Browns have underperformed this season. Mm-hmm. You know, Freddie Kitchens might be out given the fact that he has a lot of talent on that roster and they haven't been uh, very good. The Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones is safe for this season. <laughs> or Sorry, uh, Jason Garrett is, is is safe for this season according to Jerry Jones, uh, but. You know, at this point, just
1: po- at this point, Justin Garrett's so used to the hot seat. Like to right, him, yeah. it's just a seat.
0: He's like, <laughs> oh, exactly what it's, what it's like yeah. the year they
1: were twelve and four. He's like, wow, it's
0: cold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a toilet seat in a cold <laughs> night. That's exactly right. Uh, so the Giants also uh, have have been rumored to be in in the market for for a uh, head coach. Uh, if they let go of Pat Shermer, uh, John, can you speak to that? Do you know? Are you are you a fan of them letting go of uh, Pat Shermer?
2: According to my sources. Uh... <laughs> I I don't think they'll get rid of him yet because he's still holding on to the you know we're still developing uh, Daniel Jones right and now that he's injured that may give him an excuse to at least start the next season yeah though. exactly
0: exactly and, and and Washington also another team that has been rumored to uh, well I guess now they had they had don't have a head coach right now but Bill Callahan I don't believe is the, is a the long term answer uh, in Washington so. Uh, Maybe Ron Rivera heads over there. Uh, Jacksonville, Doug Marone. Apparently, you know, again, another rumor mill thing that Doug Marone's out at the end of the season. Uh, Chicago, I think would be would be interesting. I think that's Uh, probably
1: the the most attractive destination if with everything besides the quarterback.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. If you bring in kind of new blood, it's a little bit easier. But you you kind of like I feel bad for Matt Nagy a little bit because it's not. His fault that Mitch Trubisky really has played as bad as he has, I don't think. But there are instances where it's like, you know, Matt Nagy not doing a great job. But then I think it just it's made worse by the fact that their quarterback play has been so bad. Right. right. Uh, but you, I mean, not every coach is a perfect head coach. I mean, even even Bill Belichick makes you know mistakes from time to time. So I can't really, uh, you know, say that you have to be perfect all the time. But yeah, Matt Nagy, maybe, maybe on the hot seat. Uh, And then Matt Patricia is another name that I like to throw out there um, because, I
1: mean, he was trying to write on a laminated piece of paper with a pencil. With a pencil? (laughs) I don't think anybody should be an NFL
0: head coach if they're trying to do that. Exactly right. I agree 100%. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? He's got like one of those little lotto pencils like behind his... uh... Wait, I missed missed that. This this is like last season. Oh, it's like this like running joke because he's like on the sideline. He's got like a pencil behind his ear. Yeah. And he's got like his... A number two pencil. (laughs) Right. And then he's got... I guess like a play card or like just like a notepad. The big cheesecake factory menu. Yeah, exactly (laughs) right. And it's it's laminated, right? And so you can't write on it with a pencil. And we're like, what are you doing with a pencil behind your ear if you can't actually write on what you're like what you're using? Anyways, it's it's just so funny. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I, Matt Patricia, I think that. He has been pretty decent these these last uh, couple of years in, in certain spots, in certain respects. But, I mean, I was looking at the stat. That was crazy. I think they pulled it up during the, uh, the Thanksgiving game where they have been in the lead in the fourth quarter every single game this season. Really? With a lead in the fourth quarter every single game this season. So that tells me they've blown eight fourth quarter leads then. Exactly. Jesus that, no, that's, see, that's, that's a that's stat that's so bad. That's pretty damning. Yeah, and so to me, I, I look at that, I'm like, yikes. Like, is that, there, there's something wrong there. There's something wrong there, because right now they are... They 30. blow nine fourth quarter, because the tie, remember, was the first game of the season <laughs> of with course, the Arizona yeah. Cardinals, where uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury brought it back to a tie. Right. So they blew nine. Oh my gosh. Nine. No, see, that, when, you put, when you say that out loud, that sounds like a fireball offense.
1: Because that's what I'm saying. Conceivably I mean not that they, not that they would have won all nine of those games, but conceivably they could have won not all nine of those games. Right. At, at least half of them. And now we're talking about the Lions of the playoff team. Exactly. But now they're three eight and one. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's boy, Matt Patricia, you
0: are. <laughs> no. And 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 I will say to his credit the quarterbacks have played well under him. I don't know how much of that is is his is his doing or, you know, the doing of the offensive coordinator because we saw Matt Stafford go down and we were like, okay, like, well, now it's you know the Jeff Driscoll show and how great shout can out, that be. Shout out David Blau, man. Yeah, he played really well. <laughs> I, I gave oh man, like I, I, I do deserve a little bit of a, a 12 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, Primetime I game on Thanksgiving. Yeah. First
1: pass, 75 yards through the air. Yeah.
0: <laughs> great I mean like he he did kind of like fizzle out towards the end of the game uh, oh, of a course, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what I said was technically correct in my prediction. If David Blau plays, <laughs> they would the lose. Bears are going to win. You know, but I did say David Blau was going to be garbage. But he actually played uh, pretty decent uh, to start the game. So they, I mean, they've been getting really solid production. Matt Stafford has had a pretty good year uh, up until he got hurt, and Jeff Driscoll, like I said, played really well. And now it's the, the David Blau show.
2: <laughs> shout <laughs> again, out, shout
0: out, Purdue football. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, putting him out there. But uh, that's the thing. It's been pretty disappointing. Uh, if you're if you're if you're a Detroit Lions fan, yeah. so if the, if
1: the Lions are looking to possibly um, better options in the coaching market, there you go, Ron Rivera. For what mm-hmm. it's worth, former Super Bowl appearing coach, yeah, is <laughs> up
0: there? It's further than the Lions have gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm for sure, for a long for sure. time, for sure. Uh, I'd say
1: probably like we we kind of agreed. The most um, uh, attractive spot for those out of those coaching destinations is probably Chicago at this point. Although. Uh, I don't you
0: can make an argument for the Browns.
1: <sighs> That's I mean, thing like, comes with like,
0: the Browns. Yeah, like, I know, I know. But when you when you think about the fact that it's it's a young, talented roster, and you're bringing in a veteran coach who has had success. Like, I mean, granted, he doesn't have necessarily like the Lombardi Trophy hardware, but he has won an NFC Championship, and he's had pretty relevant teams. teams. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I don't think that you know Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield there are comparable skill set wise. Uh, but I think that. He brings a certain level of, of leadership and a certain level of esteem, and, and people. I mean, you saw the outpouring of support that he got from players uh, mm. on social media. People like him as a person. Right. You know, they think he's he's a, he's. I think uh, Greg uh, Greg Olson said something about when he was going from Chicago to Carolina. The former uh, former players who had played under Ron Rivera, who were playing for the Bears at the time when Greg Olson was on his way out, had said, "You know, Ron Rivera's a great coach and an even better man." That's, those are words from. From Greg Olson, so yeah, you know, granted, it doesn't get you a whole lot of wins, but at least you know he can come in and, and take the culture he's know, of the guy. of the locker room. Yeah. he's a character guy. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. I mean, it's it'll be interesting. I think I think Riverboat Ronza again. He's he's not a, an amazing coach. He's not you know a Bill Belichick, but very few people are. And how many how many head coaches have a nickname? Yeah, come on now, that's worth something. Exactly, <laughs> I, I agree. And the, what he's calling Bill Belichick like uh, you know, ballsy Bill. Like right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah, and there are a couple of decent options. I think that Jacksonville's is, is somewhat alluring. You know, I mean, granted, the defense isn't what it was, once was, but they, I mean, now that they've seen that Nick got Foles hasn't really gotten yeah. been able to get the job done. I was going to say, you've got a lot of dead cat money in Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is something to think about, sure. But you've got you got some up-and-coming players. DJ Chark looks really good. Um, Gardner Minshew, you know, has, even though he had his worst game of the season and probably what, you know, <laughs> was the deciding game to get him benched, uh, you can you can say that in that game against the the Bucks that he brought a spark to that team. And Definitely played, played better than Foles. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so you know, you figure you develop him. He's, a, he's a, he was a six round guy, wasn't he? Definitely a late round pick. Yeah. I'm not sure what round. So he was not a highly touted prospect. He, and he's not you know he's going to need some refinement, sure. But if you're working with with what you got so far, I think he's is there's there's a skill set to build around there more so than I think you get with with Chicago. Chicago may have a, a better overall roster. Um, but you have to go in, you know, with Chicago with no first round pick this uh, <laughs> this mm. go around, and see if you can, you know, bargain hunt for a uh, a quarterback to to maximize this roster. Right. So we'll see, and a couple other options again if the Cowboys decide to let like, go oh, Jason Garrett, that obviously becomes mm. a uh, it's time. Yeah, it obviously becomes it's time. a premier destination too. So, anyways, uh, I'd like to also take a moment to talk about Cam Newton. Does that? Do you guys think that there'll be a, there'll be a reunion somewhere? Uh, oh no, along the uh, no no
1: no because um, like I can't speak too much about the Panthers uh, personally because I'm, I'm a Bucks Bucks fan. Not so right. much. That, not so much that I hate the Panthers because they're division rival. I mm-hmm. just don't follow them as much. Um, when I told my friend uh, who is a Panthers fan about this Ron Rivera firing, he was one happy and two was saying that he was kind of not blaming Ron Rivera, but. He said that Ron Rivera had saved his jobs. He saved his job these last couple of years playing Cam and injured, hurt Cam Newton through injury, right. hoping to get results out to keep his job. Right. And that that has kind of jeopardized Cam Newton's health. Mm-hmm. And he's a big Carolina Panthers fan. He's honestly more of a Cam Newton fan than he is a Panthers fan sure. because he was he became a Panthers fan when Cam Newton right. got drafted. Um, but I yeah, with I, I mean, I can't speak to how their personal relationship right. is between he, Newton right. and Rivera, but I don't think there'd be a reunion anywhere.
0: I mean there I, again i don't know who, wh- what was the decision making process there but i feel like a, more often than not if you're a coach and you ask your player are you going to be good to go for this week and the player says yeah i'm good to go then like you have no choice if you're the coach like other than to play him especially especially if
1: you're starting quarterback <laughs> right
0: especially and especially if your quarterback is that much better than whatever you got behind him sure you know cuz Kyle Allen is still a rookie you know they they didn't have the luxury of, of kyle allen and you saw you know didn't they have didn't they have a couple of blaine gabbert starts <laughs> at some <laughs> point uh when, when cam was injured and they brought in i mean there's a couple of, of of guys that whenever cam had a couple of weeks where he was injured uh that you saw how terrible the the panthers were without cam newton right um so yeah i i mean I, I, it depends. I think that if Ron Rivera ends up going to 2A to Chicago, if, if they end up letting go of Matt Nagy at the end of the season, then it is a little more feasible for them to bring in cam newton you know in addition to ron rivera and kind of reunite them there but if they decide to go to the cowboys obviously Dak uh will probably be around i think they'll probably franchise tag him if they can't get a deal done uh the browns obviously still have baker the giants are, are probably going to stick with daniel jones for at least another season or two washington still has dwayne haskins uh the lions will probably have at stafford for another year or two um because he looks you know still really good i'm not sure what his contract situation looks like um and then jacksonville has has gardner Vinci. so if if ron rivera goes to chicago then I can see, you know, Cam Newton maybe heading out there with him. But if if Ron Rivera goes anywhere else, I doubt that. Do you think there's any weight in uh the Bengals job opening no, up? No, I think Zach Taylor is gonna I mean it's the first year, same thing like that that Brian Flores has with, with Miami. Like you, mm-hmm. you don't bring in a guy just to like have it be a terrible season and be like, Oh well this guy is terrible, so that's <laughs> that's the end of it.
1: I suppose I I just kind of thought about the possibility of Ron Rivera going into a head coaching job with a uh, number one overall pick and Possibly a quarterback yeah, to, to draft.
0: No, I think that I think that Zach Taylor. Although they haven't had a lot of success, obviously this season, um, to say the least. I with, think, with, with the exception of this past week, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, I think they've got they've got the uh, the the short end of the stick when it comes to like injuries and stuff like that. Not even mm. just AJ Green, obviously um but a, a lot of the receivers odd tate john ross have all kind of missed a little bit of time here and there um their secondary Drake patrick i know has missed a couple of games i think their other corner i'm not sure what his name is yeah. uh, also missed a game or two and they've obviously got, they've gone through the process of benching their franchise quarterback too. So. right exactly to see what they have in uh and what's his name ryan finley sure yeah <laughs> i think yeah, at nc state anyways so yeah i i don't th- i think that Zach Taylor's leash is a little too long for for Ron Rivera to be associated with that job right now. I mean, if, if next year they they aren't any better with a new quarterback, then then it's time to kind of take a look at it, right? But I think mo- most head coaches, unless it's like they're egregiously bad and they have like a better roster, you know, than you know than average, and they're still losing a lot of games, then you could say like let's call it quits on it. <clears throat> you <know>? Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so. If they take a noticeable step back, and you can look at you know even even Adam Gase, maybe you know I don't know I I'd like them to keep Adam Gase around and just have that team continue to be mediocre for the next couple of years, (laughs) but you know you can't uh, you can't always get what you want, so we'll see. But anyways, let's pivot from a you know discussing not so great teams to discussing a team led by a quarterback that I know a lot of people considered to be a run first guy. They thought he had arm strength. But didn't have the accuracy and didn't have the ability to be an NFL quarterback. Underrated going into Underrated, that's right. Underrated. And having a very surprisingly successful team. And they play against Lamar Jackson this weekend. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's Josh Allen and the Bills. Josh Allen looks so good.
1: See, you kind of you kind of gave it away. Not gave it away, but when you said underrated, I was thinking was he underrated? He was the fifth. He was like the seventh overall picker, wasn't he? <laughs> well, I think like four quarterbacks taken ahead of three or four. Of them, yeah, right. but still top ten pick. Oh, okay. again, th- that's not the point. All yes, right. that's not the point. No, the point. No, the point is the point is Josh Allen has a very good team this year. Surprisingly good Buffalo Bill team. He does,
0: and I. Was taking a little bit of a look at the stats because at the beginning of the season he was like he was fine, um, but he didn't play a whole lot of like great talent at the beginning of the season. He played against the Jets and the the Giants, Cincinnati, and then he played that not really. <laughs> I say not-so-great game, but it was really just a terrible game against New England where he had no touchdowns and three interceptions and a 24 passer rating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so not very good. But the, hey. the last couple of games, he's, I mean, against Miami, 117.7, against Denver, 92.9. Uh, and then this past Thursday in primetime, when it counts, 120.7 passer rating. Now, I mean, the, the numbers, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, passing aren't, like, they don't jump off the screen, at least the – uh the last two games, because um, mm-hmm. I think against Dallas he went what one touchdown for 231 yards, no interceptions. But he's uh, he's only thrown two interceptions since that really bad game in, in September against New England, and we all know who, how good New England secondary is. So it's right, not like it's right, you know, right. anything crazy. Um, I think it's like an eleven to two touchdown interception ratio since like week four, which is impressive. Like he looks pretty good, and and that's that's the thing I think that Buffalo Bills fans should be most excited about is that he when he got into the league. He was very much run first, Mm -hmm. and there were times where, like, you saw like he had a rocket for an arm, but like he had no idea what to do with it, and he wasn't making good reads, and his footwork was kind of all over the place, and he just kind of like made things happen, and that was kind of like how they kind of stayed in games just by him like improvising. I know he ran for like three hundred (laughs) yards. It's not really three hundred yards, but he (laughs) ran for uh, like what seemed like three hundred yards against the Dolphins last season. uh, In that last one of the last games of the season, it was really just gross to watch. But happy and encouraging if you're <laughs> if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, but they, I mean, the Bills look really good. What are they nine and three now? Nine and three. And I mean, they play the Ravens this weekend. I don't know if we can say that that'll be a win. But if they do happen to get a win, uh, then we can maybe make start making the case for them maybe taking the AFC East crown away from the Patriots because the Patriots' offense looks like. Garbage,
1: and also yeah, the Patriots have the Chiefs this week, which is not a ba- not a, not a great defense, but no. and ob- and obviously pretty potent offense that could outscore them exactly. And there's right. a, there's a very real world in where you know Russ, um, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens going into Buffalo this week uh, on a, a tough road game. A couple things, couple things go wrong. All of a sudden, the Ravens lose. The Bills are ten and three, and the Chiefs beat the Patriots. Now the Patriots are ten and three. And you have a tie at the top of the AFC East.
0: Yep, and then, who, who would have seen that coming? Right, and then they play. I think uh, the Patriots later in the season. So, they still oh yeah, to of course, the, game and the division them, but... games at the end of the season. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Like if if Buffalo can win out, which like isn't it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, not inconceivable yeah. but but it's it's not it's not totally out of the realm of possibility and i think that's really impressive what what Sean McDermott has done uh, and the steps that that josh allen has taken cuz like i said he's been going through his progressions he doesn't look lost when he gets out there cuz before like he would get the ball would you know be snapped and he would like look around for a second and be like what am i doing and then he, by then he'd be getting sacked or he'd yeah. have to like you know <laughs> twist out of there and and maybe run for like a modest gain or whatever it is. Uh, but now he's he's more relaxed in the pocket. Kind of knows where he's going. Kind of found his his rhythm within uh, the offense, and and it's shown in in the stack in the stat sheet. He's he's looked really really good. So I'm that to me is what makes this Bills Ravens game the game of the week for me. I'm excited for that Bills Ravens game because I do think that <laughs> the Ravens. Are a little bit better than the Bills at pretty much everything that they do. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think the Ravens That's defense. Fair. Like the the Bills defense is tremendous. I think they have a really good defense. But I think that the Ravens defense is a little bit better. And while the Bills do have a, a capable quarterback that, you know, does improvise well and does run very well, I still think that Lamar Jackson is better at at those things. And I think he's a a more polished passer also. And the what I think is the difference is like offensive personnel wise, when you look at the Ravens versus the Bills, like look at me wrong. Devin Singletary is fine, and I love me some Frankie Gore, right? <laughs> and John Brown, he looks pretty good. But like Knox, like Devin Knox, is that his name? The tight end from <laughs> from Buffalo. Like it's they're not like the, the skill position wise, they still have some some work to do. And I think that when you look at what the Ravens have, Mark Andrews looks tremendous. Um, when he's healthy, obviously, but you know, Mark Ingram looks really good too. Even Gus Edwards is is fantastic too. Their their second runner, Gus the um, yeah, I don't know if he's the bus, but he's 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 you know a bigger guy. <laughs> um, but then you look at you know Marquise Brown on on the outside too. Uh, I think that if they were to get some better wideouts, I would feel even more comfortable with uh, with the Ravens um, going forward. And that's the thing that scares me about like next season, and the season after that is like their is already good, mm-hmm. and if they could start adding some playmakers on the offense, that's going to be scary because their yeah. offensive line is tremendous. Uh, I, I
1: said Gus the Bus because that's what we called them in Miami, but
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that nickname stuck. I don't don't think it did. I, you know, I don't think so either. Because what what's Gus Edwards' frame look like? I mean, it's like six eight. one two thirty eight. Uh, you know
2: what? How many running backs are over six foot? They can only be one bus.
1: I, mean, I get that's it, what yeah. I'm about to. Okay, but like, come on, Gus the bus. It rhymes. Whatever. Anyways,
0: <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. I, I still, I think the Ravens will still end up taking this game. What are they? Uh, you said that they're a five point favorite at a, uh on the road. At oh Buffalo? no, that's the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens are. That's what I'm saying. The Ravens oh yeah, are a Five yeah, point yeah, favorite at Buffalo. Five
1: and a half points at Buffalo. So yeah, right. Vegas is saying the Ravens are eight points better. Essentially.
0: Yeah, because you get three points for for home field advantage. Yeah, two so. and a half,
1: three, whatever. It's, yeah. Yeah,
0: but, it depends. But I, yeah, I I think that the Ravens will end up taking this game, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if the Bills did,
2: though.
1: I definitely wouldn't. I think this game is a toss-up, honestly. Like The Ravens have been playing really well, but so yeah. are the Bills. And the Bills' defense is going to be like they're, they're they're gonna get up for yeah besides the Patriots game coming yeah. in the future they're gonna get up for this game more than anything yeah and a and chance Co- to stop
0: the one of the best offenses in the league exactly and Cole Beasley is a zone beater like he'll just like sit like he's not a premier athlete by any by any stretch of the imagination but he's he's a little shifty and he knows how to find zones like that's that's what he's that's his hallmark there mm-hmm. and and I think that that'll be interesting to watch I think John Brown is a really underrated wide receiver too um, and if Josh Allen can really start connecting on some of these deep balls with him, instead of having uh, John, you know, John Brown actually <laughs> throw the ball, <laughs> maybe have him go out for some passes and catch them downfield, I think that they would be even better for it. But that was again, you got to give Sean McDermott credit because of the the ingenuity and then you know, the uh, the willingness to to put their their players in a position to succeed, even you know, if it means doing it by uh, unconventional. Uh, means that you have a different pick for for game of the week
1: absolutely i'm looking toward another day game which should be prime time but you know we're not getting it at night this 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 week we're getting it at one o'clock in new orleans it's the 49ers playing the saints a matchup of two 10 and two nfc teams both of them fighting for that well the niners fighting for their division but also fighting for that number one seed in the entire conference as a whole the Saints have already clinched their division with uh, the results last week. So right. not that they're not fighting for anything anymore, but the number one seed is their, I guess, home field advantage is their only sure. worry for the rest of the season.
0: And, 40- having, and having all your games at home in a dome is, is great. Of course, yeah. You have yeah, to worry yeah. about the elements. And, right, right, right. You know, and, not that Will Lutz, uh, Will Lutz is, isn't an amazing you know kicker, and he could probably kick in any place, but if the game's on the line... Much want, easier you, when it's 72 yeah, degrees you, and no wind. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly.
0: But uh, kicker, I,
1: I'd, say, I'd say 49ers Saints is the game of the week. One, because of that potential playoff preview. Granted, Ravens-Bills could also be one, but I think sure. that it's more likely that Niners Saints is the NFC Championship game right. than Ravens-Bills. What I'm, what I'm getting at is the fact that both of these teams um, are on kind of like different trajectories. So the Saints have, with the with the exception of um, the loss they had a few weeks ago, uh, forget who they lost to. Was it the um, they, when they only scored nine points at home?
0: That's a good question. It's,
1: it, it, w- without that game, they've been playing really well over the last few weeks. And then this is a 49ers team who is now coming off of a loss at um, you <laughs> so know, at loss to the, the Falcons twenty six. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought it was the Falcons. I'm like no, that can't be right. And I'm like yeah, it is.
0: What well, was the Falcons?
1: <laughs> no, but this is a, this is a Saints team <laughs> that has been playing well for a few weeks going up against a 49ers team who just lost at home in a primetime game against one of the best teams in the league. This is um, a matchup of two teams, both hope, both shooting for the same goal, the number one seed in yeah, the NFC. Yeah, and they're so, they're Super Bowl Ho- Super Bowl hopeful teams, like exactly. Those are, those are exactly. guys.
0: Those are teams with with aspirations like that.
1: And it's also going to be interesting to see if um, the two head coaches or the two offenses or defenses kind of hold some things back mm-hmm. for a, pot- a potential future matchup in the playoffs. That way, they're all not right. giving away all their stuff. Sure. Um, you know, that's always an interesting thing to see if um perhaps the Saints um you know p- make some uh. Changes to their game plan, right. so as to not give away such a, so many so many of their yeah. moves to the Niners. Now,
0: who do you uh, who do you have in this
1: game? I'm going to back the the, the, the excuse me the Saints. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I think that home field advantage in the Superdome is that important to them. Okay, And not just in the playoffs, in the regular season, any game, with right. the exception of the Falcons game. I think that the Saints are pretty unbeatable inside that dome.
0: Right, and the and divisional games always get a little weird. Um, yeah, of course. Because the, the teams yeah, know each other so well and all that.
1: But one I, matchup I'm going to be excited to see is Michael Thomas against Richard Sherman.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be sure. interesting too. I, so, if you had asked me a couple of weeks ago who you got, I would say the Saints. Because I think the Saints are the better team. I think that they have a more complete overall roster. Than the 49ers do, but I'm picking the 49ers for this one, and I'll tell you why. Because the Saints have not been able to move the ball as well as they have been able to, you know. And I think that has a lot to do with their offensive line that has a few injuries on it. Yeah. Like they're missing the entire, like at least from the start of the season, they're you know they're the entire left side of their offensive line, and. And they're now going up against the two best defensive end rushers in the league. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, you know, not that Drew Brees isn't inventive. And, you know, he is like, you know, he he knows how to move around in the pocket, you know, to minimize some of that stuff. But I think he's going to be on his back a lot. He's escape. also 40. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: No, so, that's, that's a good shout. I think that the the Bolsa brothers are going to have their way with the
0: offensive line in ooh, New Orleans. Right. Now, I, I think that if we see this matchup again in the NFC playoffs, like in that run, if the matchups ended up working out, you know, one way or the other, uh, and they see each other again and the saints get their offensive lineman back healthy, ready to go. Cause I think one broke his wrist and the other one has like a fracture. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, so I think that if they get those guys back in time for that matchup, I think that I would favor the saints, but I think they're not going to be able to do a whole lot on offense. Um, with those two guys missing, and again, they're not because of the fact that they they might have to play each other in the playoffs. I don't think Sean Payton's going to pull out all the stops to like you know do everything he can to get Alvin Kamara in space. I mean, I'm sure he will try to win the game. Of course, like that's the whole point is to win the game. Mm. But you play to win the game, exactly right, <laughs> exactly right. But I think that it, it to me it makes sense if you're the Saints to like not tip your hand completely when it comes to like what you would do in that situation. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Sean Payton's a very creative guy. Who knows? He may have a lot of stuff, and maybe he'll try a couple of things here and there uh, if he sees the matchups that he likes. And yeah, but I just think the Forty Nineers are like—they're just moving. They're moving, and I think that the the New Orleans pass defense is like their their pass rushers are really good, but I think that their secondary can be uh, exploited, especially uh, when you talk about you know anyone other than Marshawn Lattimore, basically. Mm. So we'll see. It'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be a fun game. I do think that that game like definitely has. Uh, promises as a game of the week game. Do you know what the the spread is on that game?
1: The Saints are favored by two and a half. Two so and a half. It's essentially points. a pick'em. Essentially yeah. like a toss-up. Yeah. Either team could
0: win. Whew. I, I'm, so, not, I'm yeah. not. I'm not a betting man, but I would. I do not know. I would not know where to I would, go with this. I would stay away from that game if I. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you got money to burn, maybe. But uh, other than that, I would is, stay away from that is game. Is Richard
2: Sherman hurt? I don't think so. Is he? Have you heard of that? I know he went down on one play, but I wasn't sure.
0: I haven't seen with his uh what his practice availability has been. If he's 100%, I'm picking the 49ers. Uh, so according to the San Francisco Chronicle, Richard Sherman back uh, at practice. So I know he had a little bit of a knee issue, but it seems like he is going to be good to go for this rendezvous uh, with the Saints. So, again, should be a whole lot of fun. I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm also excited to talk a little bit about basketball. Season is heating up. Starting to learn a little bit about these teams. The heat looking good. Big road win. Big road win against the defending champions. That's exactly right. On their home court. Their first home uh, home court loss of the season. Absolutely. And again, a little fun fact for you I think there's only, what, four teams in the East that have not. uh, That have one loss at home. That have one loss at home. And, or sorry, no, excuse me. There's two teams in the East that have one loss at home, and both of those teams lost to the Miami Heat. Keep an eye out. Milwaukee Bucks. Let's talk about it. And now the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. I'm just, you know, again, I just got to throw it out there because people were talking a lot of smack. We we're talking about Jimmy Butler. Oh, he doesn't <laughs> want to be a winner. All this stuff.
1: Start looking up uh, hotel rooms in June
2: in Miami for that That's parade, boy. I'll tell you. That's
0: right. That's well, better. Start right. better start planning the
2: parade route right now down Biscayne. That's exactly, I right. promise. You better hope they don't change that playoff format. I hope, <laughs> they, I hope they do. Anyways,
0: <laughs> enough about that. Enough about the Heat. um What do you guys think about? First off, let's talk about something a little less serious. And let's talk about Carmelo Anthony winning. Was it Western Conference Player of the Week? <laughs> what is the, that? The award we all care about. Oh my! <laughs> g- I mean, yes, I know. Like the the Player of the Week awards are just like a here you go. But like, what
2: what happened there? Was that like Player of the Week in Portland? <laughs> like, the best basketball
0: doing? player in Portland that week. <laughs> I don't know. I still think I'd still take an injured Damian Lillard over <laughs> Carmelo Anthony personally.
1: <laughs> all right. So for what it is worth. Carmelo Anthony averaged, looks like um, let's do the math quickly in my head, about 22 points over the last week in three wins for the Trailblazers on the road in Chicago, at home to Oklahoma City, and at home to Chicago. Not so the, premier defense. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say not the most impressive wins, <laughs> but I think this I think this award had more to do with the narrative than it had to do with the stats. Not just because of Carmelo Anthony returned um, a few weeks ago to the NBA, but because. James Harden and Luka Doncic both had outstanding weeks. They were not given this award partly because there's a better story to tell with Carmelo Anthony returning to the NBA winning a Western Conference Player of the Week award than there is giving one to the two guys who have been doing it consistently all season.
0: Now, is there an argument to be made for who cares about the award and so like, <laughs> just give it to whoever you want? That's, that's the only <laughs> argument that should be made. But people are talking about it because, one, it it's a bad it was a bad award to give out like a right. like a bad you know winner but it doesn't say so, like the best was, player of the week it just says the player of the week
2: but usually when that well so then in that case are, let's, give it,
0: let's give it next week's to I don't know uh, d- you're <laughs> trying to find a player irrelevant <laughs> enough Derek Jones Jr. Let's give it to Derek Jones <laughs> Whoa, Jr. for a big donkey let's hat say the airplane
1: mode he was the player of the all week all of the respect <laughs> okay <laughs> no but in this case are we, what were we gonna say John
2: when they usually give out the award, like when you see who wins, you're kind of like, yeah, I see why they gave it to him. Sure. Like they they usually stand out each week, but
1: but also a point to be made. Usually, I don't see who wins because I don't check for who wins. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, exactly right. But this case, unless it's a heat player, yeah, like, ah! well, yeah. In this case, the minute the minute it was tweeted out by Shams Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski, it blew up. It went everywhere. Everyone right. was talking about it. Mostly people who wanted to defend Luka Doncic and James Harden but also people who are in you know, in the, in my hand quotations, agenda against Carmelo Anthony. Mm. And it's a very simple thing. Like it's, it's the fact that Carmelo has been uh, slandered, for lack of a better word, for the last year that he hasn't been in the, in the league. Right. Um, for like, this is the reason why he's not. And when he came back, didn't perform great. And they're like, oh, this, this is why he shouldn't be in the league. And he has a few good games, and the NBA is like, oh man, look at one of our old legends
0: coming back and having a great game. Let's give him a great week. Let's give him this award, right? Like to me, it makes it would make more sense to be upset about the award being given to Carmelo Anthony if you added up all of the you know so and so conference players of the week. You know, at the end of the season, and then made a determination as to who's going to be the MVP because of it. Right? Yeah, that sure. would make, like, if if there was something that, like, you had to, like, accumulate a certain amount of those things to be considered for a certain award or whatever it is, then I can understand being upset by it. Like, again, I think it's funny. I don't think he's the best player in the Western Conference. I don't think he was last week. And I can understand why, you know, if you're a Rockets fan, you're like, James Harden's obvious. Like, no one's arguing that Carmelo Anthony is better than James Harden. It's just like, this guy. <laughs> We thought he was washed up, and look, he scored you know twenty some odd points against uh, you know the Bulls. So it's like again, <laughs> sure, can any you know can any player in the NBA go off and and do that against any team, especially against the Bulls? Yeah, maybe you know, but it's Carmelo.
2: Well, it, in in the Harden's case, I feel bad because it's like they're normalizing what he's doing. Right. Now. Well, they did yeah. the same thing
0: with LeBron. I mean, well, I mean, I think they also kind of did that a little bit with him when it comes to the like MVP awards and stuff like that. Yeah. When you look at how dominant he was, and then when he went to the Heat and they gave it to Derrick Rose, not that Derrick Rose didn't have a great season that season in 2011, but... LeBron had I think what one of the highest like player efficiency ratings of like all time that season <laughs> for sure yeah And so did. they you know you look at it and you think to yourself okay you know there there is some sort of like fatigue when it comes to that stuff you it doesn't For normalize sure because the, if
1: if the case was really the best player in the conference every week then like half of them would go to James Harden and the other half would go to Luka
0: Doncic and it's yeah. like no fun anymore Exactly Exactly so to to keep the narrative fresh and like give give some something that isn't Again, there's no like prestige. It's not like they give whoever wins the player of the week like a brand new car. They say, like, here you go. Like, you know, here is something of value for winning this award. No, it's just like a little pat on the back. Like, hey, but like, it's like when you're, when you come home from kindergarten, your mom puts your, your thing right on the refrigerator, your painting that you did in class. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything, but you know, it feels good to have it on the fridge, mom. <laughs> you know,
2: expires in seven days. Let, let them know.
0: have
1: this. Exactly. No. <laughs> um. I will say that uh, James Harden, like we said, he had a sixty. Po- well, I didn't say, but he had sixty points during this week that Carmelo Anthony right. won the award. Sixty points in three quarters. <laughs> he didn't even play the fourth quarter. He could have right. probably had eighty points if he All wanted to. Free
0: throws. That's also true.
1: Yeah. All right. Are we going to have this conversation? <laughs> no, I'd rather not. <laughs> we can have this conversation no, if you want no, to. I'd rather not. All right. Just know I'm on James Harden's side. Here. I, we we know that's why we're not having this. conversation. <laughs> I don't even want to hear it. Well, Speaking of James Harden. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of James Harden, um, as of recording this podcast on Wednesday night, December 4th, last night, the Rockets were playing in San Antonio. And about seven minutes remaining in the game, and the Rockets up, I believe, it was three or four points. James Harden made a nice steal, a nice defensive play. On the what? fast break. <laughs> Is that the news? <laughs> <laughs> on the fast break. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. break this down. <laughs> oh okay alright James Harden on the fast break after this steal threw down a tomahawk dunk with the left hand a very nice triumphant dunk after a nice steal in a close game except he threw the ball down so hard that it bounced off the back of the rim and with such a force that the net brought it up over the other side of the rim and it looked like the ball had kind of he had missed the dunk Right, the ball hit the rim a couple times. It goes out of bounds, and then James Harden is calling for the, the the bucket. They didn't call the bucket. He's like saying, "Hey, that ball went through the rim. That's two points. Give me the two points." They did not reward him two points. This game ends up uh being tied at regulate at the end of regulation into overtime, and the Rockets lose by one. That's crazy. Now, granted, the, obviously one bucket is not going to affect the outcome of a game, but an argument can be made that literally two points would have been the difference in this game. Yeah. So. The Rockets have now been uh, not protesting the game because they don't think a protest is, is necessary. What happened is that I'm um, looking at Tim McMahon's uh, Twitter account right now. He's saying that the Rockets have made it clear to the NBA that they think this, to use two points should be awarded after the fact. And that they hope that the NBA will then take action to either have the game replayed from that moment with seven 738, I think it was, yeah, left in the game. or
0: thirty-six,
1: Or to even give the Rockets the win. In regulation, just awarding them two points nah, for a missed bucket. I, I don't think bucket. you could
0: do because you do, like, you come up with, like, different strategy at the end of the game, like... Oh, of course. On, no, for know, sure. So but I don't think you could just, like, add two points in that regulation. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know? Tim McMahon is saying
1: a rocket source is confident that the NBA will take action. Maybe not awarding them the win, but at least considering them having the them replay the minutes. last seven minutes of the that game.
2: That would be nuts, man.
1: Right. So I've never so seen anything dumb. like that in my I my I wanted to have this conversation with you guys over the air over the, the podcast. They should do it. It's
2: the dumbest thing ever. No, I No, it's they not. Should, I think they should
1: absolutely because do Because I could
2: think of a million other times in NBA history where they could go back and play are you talking about like, it's like a goal time, 10,
0: so. like wasn't really a goal 10, but they gave yeah, him the two like points Yeah, anyway. like if
2: this happened in like the last minute of the game, I could see where that argument would come. But it was like seven minutes left, like, all right, it happened. You guys kept playing. Things happened within that seven minutes. You still lost the game.
1: Okay, here's my thing, though.
2: It's not like it's not like a game like soccer where like if you mess up a, a score. Like what about it's gonna, soccer? It's well, going to take some time to get that point back. What, it's not what, as what, high as what what soccer. <laughs> what, what, the way you, you said, said soccer. <laughs> It's not
0: soccer or <laughs> hockey, low, low,
2: low scoring games. Like he, he probably scored the next play down, <laughs> down the, uh, down the court. I mean, I,
0: I understand where, where like that logic comes into play. When you talk about, you know, if they award, you know, possession to a team because they, you know, stepped out of bounds or the ball like went off of someone's like fingertips, but they really didn't or whatever. Right. And they didn't get the call right, but no one reviews it. And then they score and then whenever the game's over, uh, but uh, this is like so egregious though. Like we're like, there is no reason why they shouldn't count those. Like it's one thing to like have it be a, a ticky tack. Like, Oh, did he touch it before we went out of bounds or, you know, did he get there maybe like a quarter of a second before it hit the glass or maybe he was after it hit the glass or whatever. Right. This was like very cut and dry. He put it
2: in the hoop and they were just like, nah, no points. <laughs> right. But it's a, it's a missed call. Like they, they've, They fouled people out where the star player has had to leave the game in the beginning of the fourth quarter, and that completely changes the game. But nobody's calling for them to go back and say, hey, if we had our best guy in there and you didn't call that foul, we would have won the game, so we should go back and play it right when you call the foul. To me, I mean,
0: for for me, the way I see sports is we have the technology available. And a lot of times, and more often than not, to get the right call almost every time. And to me, I would rather sit through a delay to get the right call. than to just say like, well, that's just the game. You know, sometimes the call is missed. Like I would rather them get the right call. So the right winner is there, especially when you look at the Western conference and how, how hard it is for, you know, for these teams to, to get a playoff spot and how, you know, it could affect seating going on. I mean, this is a, a game against, you know, another Western Conference opponent, you know, and that I could end. It. I mean, yes, it, 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 chances are maybe not. But again, chances and that's are.
2: that's why, because it's an 82-game season and this has little effect on their, <laughs> their playoff run. If this was like the NFL and something like this happened, then obviously that, right. you know, that holds more weight. But something like this, they can definitely go back and they could say, you know, we missed that call. It's, it's hard real time. If you look at the video, you gotta like slow it down and say, "Oh, it did go in and it did come out." Okay, real time. Like you're a ref running down the court. You're, it's, he dunks it. He right. dunk, he shouldn't have dunked it that hard. That's what that's <laughs> it's just, really his fault. Victim blaming. you victim blaming here. We're victim blaming. Yeah. We're <laughs> victim <laughs> blaming. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> we victim blame on the Summer sports
0: podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dunk okay. so hard. Uh, I, I did want to
0: bring this up okay so Gee, he's over here arguing fundamentals should have laid it in <laughs>
1: <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> trying to show off me flashing the dunks uh-huh. okay so here's all. I did want to say this so for the argument of replaying the game from the seven minute mark in the fourth quarter this would not be the first time that the NBA replayed a game after the fact so I'm going to bring you guys back to 1978 oh please don't <laughs> <laughs> this is the New Jersey Nets <laughs> at the Philadelphia 76ers this game was played in uh, the, the entire duration of the game was played, and then, but because of a incident in the third quarter, the Nets protested the game. There was a um, a foul called on I'm looking at here a foul called on Bernard King. Bernard King got mad at the call. He already had a technical foul earlier in the game. He argued with the referee. He kicked the chair. Got real mad. The referee gave him a second technical threw him out the game. After the fact, the Nets protested and said, "Hey, that second technical foul was um, unwarranted. This, that, and the other." And the protest actually was was approved. So later in the season, the Nets and Sixers played started playing at I believe three minutes left in the third quarter, replayed the game, and ended up the outcome ended up being different. The funny thing about that game is that there was a player on the Nets who scored for them in the first game who was then traded to the Sixers in the meantime and scored for the Sixers in the replay. That's, that's <laughs> why this game is so notable. Oh,
2: that's like Inception. That's why this game is so notable. because he was because on the team,
1: he scored for both teams. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Does that mean that the first time they played, does it count towards the other team?
1: No, it doesn't because he was a Nets player at the time. So the basket he scored then counted for the Nets, and the basket he scored in the replay counted for the Sixers. That's the reason why this, I mean, game, this game is notable, but it's also notable because it's one instance where the NBA did do a replay. Right. But they are playing a
2: pass game, and he scores in the future on a new
0: team. Well, in the. In, in, in the <laughs> so who's going to get traded from the Rockets to the, to the Spurs to complete <laughs> oh, the cycle? Geez.
2: No, so, but a player leaving the game has a way larger impact than two points. Being counted in set with seven, really, with, seven minutes, with seven minutes left in the game because the Spurs got possession. It's this only, guy it, left it, the game it, within the third quarter. That's what I'm saying. That a player leaving has a way huge impact. So I could see why you would want to replay the game because of a missed call. Two points with I, seven minutes left. Uh, I, I, I think that if the, <laughs> it's not like a swing in the game because of two points,
0: I understand what you're saying. What I'm what I'm saying is, I think that there is a valid case for them going back and replaying the last seven minutes and change of this game. Because it's not like the Rockets like recovered the ball. Because I think that if the Rockets had recovered what they thought was the miss and then had an o- another opportunity to put up a shot and they missed it, then they'd be like, all right, like, well, you still got the ball back and you didn't do anything with it. So like, I could see why it would be more know, likely
1: man.
2: for them not to. I don't to, know, man. Even to, to still, that's two points
1: it. that were unjustly not given.
2: But two points comes like this. I bet you if they play again, they're going to lose. Then they're going to look stupid.
0: Wow, well, I, just... I think if you're the Rockies, you take that chance. Yeah,
2: a, a game in the Western Conference. Who knows? It could mean something. Ball don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the slogan if they lose.
1: I just think it's a really interesting conversation. But the have. ball
2: did lie. The ball went in.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> the, the ball legitimately lo- lied. But that's what happens when you play like one on one, and even though you it was a fast foul, break, <laughs> <laughs> it was one on nobody. He was a fast break. Oh my gosh.
1: Oh man, I just I think it's a. It's it's one. It's an interesting thing that happened in an NBA game, regardless of who it happened to. But it's also funny because it happened to James Harden, probably the mo- one of the most polarizing players in the league today. In the league today, you know he's he's a guy who is averaging 30, 36 points a game, I believe. And a lot of people are discrediting discrediting him because of the fact that he shoots so many free throws. We don't have to get into that conversation, but it's just funny that this happened to him, where two of his points were taken off. The board, not even taken off the board. They were just never given, even though he technically scored the ball. Hey, and the referees came out after the game and even said the same. They said,
2: "Yeah, we missed that call." Well, there's a reason why they have a rule. It's not even a they, call. They just missed the bucket. There's a reason why they have a rule that they don't start reviewing until like the last two minutes because those are crucial times that any uh, point differential can sway which team wins. Sure, that's why like, that's why I'm saying like seven minutes left in the game. That's almost half the quarter like if 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 somebody misses a call it's not going to affect the outcome that much it
1: just it, it's it's more notable because of the fact that the game ended up being tied and went into overtime
2: the rockets yeah. are little babies <laughs>
1: i mean yeah it's also true that they blew a 22 point lead on the road and you know they shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place but um if you know, i'm
2: cuz if i'm the coach i'm not allowing my team to f- to fall into that, oh, we sh- we deserve that to play it over. Like, no, you should have played better. Like, we shouldn't have been in that position. Oh, yeah. That's maybe, what I'm telling my guys. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Mike that. D'Antoni
1: doesn't care. And he's just like, it's a regular season game. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. But also, the Rockets care. Like, the, the obviously, they're the ones who kind of, uh, you know, went and contacted the NBA about this. I've um, never seen that before, though. No, oh, yeah. I, I've never <laughs> seen that before either. He literally
2: just, almost scored twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just think it'd be really funny to see, like, the next time the Rockets and spurs have like three days off they just kind of the rockets fly down to san antonio and play in front of an empty (laughs) arena because they're not going to sell tickets for that for seven minutes they just play in front I'd of game. I'd go to that game and say I was it might, there. It might be free admission, honestly. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Just if let all the fans in for free. Let them all heckle the Rockets for seven I'll, minutes. Seven I wonder if they'll like game.
0: they'll prorate the rest of the game. Like They'll just like, all right, Like this is what a normal game ticket was for that game at that time. So what we're going to do is we're going to just divide it by the amount of minutes left in the game. And of course, I seats only cost $200. I like it. I like it. So um, I saw something interesting. I'm, I'm going to transition back to football because we only have a couple minutes left. Um, but I think that... I really want to talk about this. Sure. So, uh, as we know, Tom Brady and the Patriots lost to the Houston Texans 28-22 this past weekend. Right? Uh, And a lot can be said about the Patriots and their offense not looking great. And they really didn't make a push until the very end of the game. But I don't want to talk about them. What I want to talk about is Tom Brady and that almost pick six that he had caught against them. Bradley Roby goes up, jumps the route, takes his little sticks route, right? Mm-hmm. Where the the, the, uh, <laughs> the assignment of the wide receiver is just to go to the first down marker and turn around. Yeah. It's like the whole thing, right? Bradley Roby sees it coming, jumps the route, takes it almost to the house, if it were not, for Tom Brady and an interesting tackle. <laughs> I say it's interesting because, number one, Tom Brady uh, doesn't tackle uh, very often. That's just not this is not what he does, right? I think he only has like seven career tackles, and this is a project that I'm going to start working on because he only has like seven or eight career tackles in his career, like since you know 2001 course, or yeah. whatever, right? Because he doesn't, you know, he, how there often does he get intercepted, and how often is he actually the guy who ends up having to make the tackle, right? So, but he gets credited for that tackle. And people made fun of him because it wasn't like a very, Great like, soul. yeah, he didn't like, you know, go shoulder first into this guy. Obviously, Tom Brady's <laughs> like 40 something odd years old, 41, 42, whatever it is. Uh, but I was watching the film for this game. And I was watching the, the, the first time I went, I went back and watched the condensed version, sure. right? And I watched the film for it. and I thought something was very interesting. Tom Brady, when he went to tackle Bradley Roby, didn't try to tackle him. He swatted at his man parts. That's how he tackled it. Because I'm like,
2: no, there's he no way went for the ball.
0: No, 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 my friend. I encourage you to go back and look at the broadcast view because they go back cup. and they look at it. No, he's not. I'm telling you right now. Football players very seldom do they ever wear cups. There's like there's been a extensive reporting on the subject. Football players do not wear cups very often. Name sources of sources. Well. yeah. I didn't wear a cup. No one I knew in the locker room played with a cup, and then this just goes on. So i like, I was watching. Like, how did Tom Brady like? Get this guy who is an athlete. Like, Bradley Roby is an athlete. How did he tackle this guy with one hand just swipe, And it's not like he like grabbed his ankle and like tripped him. He just like fell over. I'm like, there's no way this dude is like, running full speed. And he just trips off of air because Tom Brady just, like, patted at the football. He went for the full-on
2: sack tap. There's no way he's that accurate. <laughs>
0: no, he was. I swear. Like, I saw it. I'm like, did he like, try to? Because at first I thought he tried to swipe at the ball to try to, like, knock it out of his hands. Yeah. He just went for straight boom <laughs> genital shot
2: i need to see this tape
0: and so it got me thinking like how many times has tom brady done this like when i mean you look at his tackles over his career like at what point did he start going from like trying to make a, a god's honest tackle and goes for straight nut shots that's what i want to know <laughs> yeah. and so that's the project i'm going to be working to on be fair to tom next... brady
1: i would not I, I, I neither would i want i would not want to run after getting hit in the nuts
0: no, like again, like it's 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 a strategy for sure. I don't know if I would do it. I think <laughs> you think the NFL is going to institute the penalty for that now. I don't know. Personal foul, shot below the belt. Well, because the thing is, I feel like you, that's not something you're allowed to do. Like you can't just you know sack tap somebody. That's not a thing that. But you're... But also, it's football. It's kind of it can be inadvertent. But it, no, it was very advertent. <laughs> <laughs> it was very. And I, remember, I was just like watching. It, I'm like, wait a minute. I had to go back and look. Cause I was, I was like, How did he make this tackle? Like he was running full speed end zone. There was like 12 yards for him and just a nice big blue end zone for him to run into at home at Houston. Everyone's cheering his name. How did he fall over? And it's just a straight. Right to the genitals. <laughs> so I got to do some more research. I just thought that, that was something interesting that I saw that I hadn't had a chance to squeeze in. And I'm going to do a little more research, little independent research, and see how many of these Tom Brady tackles have been God's honest tackles or sack tackles. I think it's time <laughs> to a uh, nut sack tackle this podcast. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So thank you so much for joining us here on the Somewhat Sports podcast. Uh, episode, what is it, 43, 44 in the books now. Getting My. close to that big 50. I know, it's pretty wild. I think it's going to line up pretty pretty nice with the,
1: the NFL playoffs, maybe even Super Bowl week. Yeah. something. No, maybe like, not Super Bowl well, week, but like I, I know when the I, the
0: first episode of the podcast was, I believe, right before the, or right after the divisional round, or, or during mm. the divisional round even. So, around that area, I think is, I mean, 52 weeks in a year, right? roughly, so it makes sense to be around that time, so... You know, it should be fun. Maybe a little fiftieth uh, spectacular. You know, maybe we'll do like a fiftieth show, like just like for fun, and then have it be kind of separate from the full on shows. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts. We'll see where uh, where we decide to do. But thank you again for joining us on the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Again, you can catch us uh, at Somewhat Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast. It means a whole lot to us. I know we've got uh some some support from people who listen to the podcast, rating, reviewing, and subscribing and and if you've done that, if you're one of those people, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And if you haven't done it yet, um I mean I have to tell you, like please, like pretty please. I don't know. Sugar on top, the whole the whole thing. Dwayne Wade would appreciate it. He would. Dwayne Wade would appreciate it. You are right. (laughs) Anyways, thanks We almost got through it, man. We almost missed it. We Almost. almost missed it. Thank you for for keeping us honest. Of here. course. All right. Thank you guys for listening. You have a great week. We'll catch you next time on somewhat Sports.